This is Dave Burnett, and I want to welcome you to today's God's Family Plan podcast. The title of today's podcast is Preparing for 2021. After all the twists, turns, and chaos of 2020, you may wonder what on earth is coming next, and how do we get ready for it? How do we prepare for 2021? God can use anything to bring us the revelation and insight we need to prepare for the future. Numbers chapter 22 verses 21 through 32 tell the story of how God used a talking donkey to warn a man named Balaam and spare his life. So it should not come as a big surprise to think that God would use something as ordinary as a calendar to instruct and prepare us for 2021. As I speak today, we are only a matter of days from entering the new year. At this point, we've experienced late fall and have entered into early winter. And this is a special time of the year, often referred to as the holiday season. Here in the U.S., the holiday season begins around Thanksgiving and extends into the new year. In this, if we properly understand the essence and meaning of this holiday season, it will help us to prepare for the new year. So what are holidays and what should holidays mean to us as believers? The term holidays, according to merriamwebster.com, is from the Old English and simply put, holidays derives its meaning from the phrase holy days. And I think it's important to take a minute to understand the concept and the application of the term holy day or holy days. From a biblical perspective, Hopefully, this will instruct us and help us to understand how the calendar and the holiday season can help us, inspire us, and prepare us for a new year ahead. The first mention of a holy day in the Bible is found in Genesis 2-3. In the New International Version, it says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The Hebrew concept of holy comes from the word kadosh. Kadosh can be interpreted to mean unlike any other. When we say something is holy, we're saying that it's unique, uncommon, and it's unlike any common thing. When we say that our God is holy, we're saying that he is unlike any other God. God created a day that he blessed. He sanctified it, and he made it holy. A day unlike the other six. A day to be treated differently from the others. Please note from God's behavior in this passage, one of the ways to observe a holy day is to rest. The uniqueness of the seventh or Sabbath day when compared to the other six days of the week is further enforced in the Ten Commandments. The fourth commandment, found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11 in the New International Version reads, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Again, meaning unique or unlike the other days. But the Sabbath day is not the only holy day in Scripture. 
If you read Leviticus chapter 23, you'll find a list of these days. And you will also find that like the Sabbath, God's intent was that his covenant people would find rest from their ordinary labors during these holy days. But what about in the New Testament? Well, first of all, Jesus and his disciples kept these holy days. But Jesus gives us a new perspective. In Mark 2.27, Jesus tells us the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, if this applies to the first holy day, it should also apply to the others. I mentioned that one of the ways to keep the Sabbath and the other holy days was rest. But to sanctify, hallow, and observe these days, it involves more than just sitting around doing nothing. These days are times together as households or families. They're times to rest from ordinary labor, times to remember and rehearse the mighty acts of God, and especially in the hearing of the children and the emerging generations. These are times to remember and worship and honor our God. But they're also times to celebrate, fellowship, and enjoy the fruit of our labor. Some of us may not be able to keep the Sabbath or a holy day on the prescribed day. Luke 14 verses 1 through 5 tell us that it's okay to do good on the Sabbath. We're not under the law, but we're under grace. The answer is simple. Pick another day and Shabbat. Pick another day or time to celebrate holy days. The point I want to make here is that Scripture, both Old and New Testaments, offer insight regarding how to commemorate or celebrate holy days, which modern secular society has devolved into what we now call holidays. And as I've seen over the years, holidays are becoming more and more just like ordinary days. But we don't have to be like the rest of the secular world. In Ephesians 5.16 and Colossians 4.5, Paul uses the concept of redeeming the time. We have the ability to make our holidays truly holy days by doing what God did in Genesis 2.3. We can bless these days, sanctify, hallow, and make them holy by our actions and attitudes. So with that, let's see what the holiday season can teach us about preparing for 2021. How do we redeem them from their secular distortion? Well, for many in the U.S., the holiday season began back in late November with the celebration of Thanksgiving Day. And this is a time to pause and be thankful. For Christians, it's a time to thank God for his provision, protection, and presence during the past year. It's a time for believers to remember the words of James 1.17, and I'm reading it from the Amplified Bible, Every good thing given, every perfect gift, is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. It's a time to remember the promise of Romans 8.28, again from the Amplified Bible. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. If we remember that Thanksgiving Day is more than just another day, more than a secular holiday, if we hallow it and keep it as a holy day of remembrance, rest, and thanksgiving to God, if we make thanksgiving a priority 
at the beginning and throughout the holiday season, we will have taken a very important step in preparing for 2021. In recent years, for Kathy and me, the holiday season also includes the celebration of Hanukkah, otherwise known as the Feast of Dedication. As a Christian, it is important to note that John 10, 22-23 indicates that Jesus observed Hanukkah. So if Hanukkah was on Jesus' calendar, maybe we ought to think about putting it on ours. I encourage you to go to YouTube and watch a video entitled Why Christians and Jews Celebrate Hanukkah, featuring the teaching of Dr. Robert Heidler. Now, the following insight into Hanukkah is adapted from an article published online by the Jewish National Fund at jnf.org. Hanukkah is a Jewish eight-day wintertime festival of lights. In the 2nd century BCE, the Holy Land was ruled by the Seleucids, or Syrian Greeks. These were people who tried to force Israel to accept Greek culture and beliefs instead of obeying God. Against all odds, a small band of faithful but poorly armed Jews, led by Judah the Maccabee, defeated one of the mightiest armies on earth, drove the Greeks from the land, reclaimed the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, and rededicated it to the service of God. When they sought to light the temple's menorah, they found only a single cruise of olive oil that had escaped contamination by the Greeks. Miraculously, they lit the menorah, and the one-day supply of oil lasted for eight days, until new oil could be prepared under conditions of ritual purity. Hanukkah is a celebration, a remembrance of God's miraculous provision. One of the symbols of Hanukkah is a toy called a dreidel. The dreidel is a spinning top with letters on four sides. The Hebrew letters on the four sides of a dreidel are Nun, Gimel, Hay, and Shin, and they form an acrostic or an acronym for the Hebrew phrase, A Great Miracle Happened There. This year, 2020, Hanukkah began on the evening of December 10th and ended on December 18th. And for me personally, Hanukkah is a time to begin the celebration of Jesus, the miraculous light of the world. It's also a time to remember that we have a Heavenly Father who is a miracle-working God. It's a time to renew our faith, to remind ourselves that nothing is impossible to God. If we're to be fully prepared to enter 2021, we need to be armed with the revelation and personal conviction that we can live in Jesus' miraculous light. To be prepared for all a new year may hold, we must cling to an uncompromising trust in the God who does miracles. For Christians, as we draw near the date of December 25th, our thoughts should draw us to the revelation of Christmas. Secular society would distract us from the real meaning and focus of Christmas, but without a doubt, the heart and meaning of Christmas must be Jesus. But this year, Holy Spirit led me to look at the birth of Jesus a little differently. You can read the biblical account of Jesus' birth in the first two chapters of Matthew and the first two chapters of Luke, but I prefer to begin with John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1 and reading through verse 3. In the Amplified Version, this reads, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. 
All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him not even one thing was made that has come into being. Now skip down and read verse 14. And the word Christ became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw his glory, glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. In John's narrative, we begin to see the divine cast of the Christmas story introduced. We know from John 3.16 that it was God the Father who sent the Son on this mission to rescue fallen man. But think about the Son, Jesus, the co-creator of the universe. Philippians 2.7 tells us that he took on the form of a servant, but it was more than that. Think about him submitting to being formed as an embryo in Mary's womb. Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 35 in the New International Version introduces us to more of the divine Christmas cast. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. In this account, we're introduced to the angel Gabriel. Gabriel is God's messenger to Mary, who is to become the mother of Jesus. Now, it's important at this point to note that Mary is a member of the Christmas cast, but she is not divine. Christmas is a reminder that God uses flesh and blood humans to birth the miraculous into the earth realm. In Matthew's account, we find that an angel also visited Joseph to let him know about God's plan. So we find angels playing an active role in the birth of Jesus. The next member of the divine Christmas cast is Holy Spirit. As we read in Luke's account, Holy Spirit had a divine role in Jesus' conception. The power of God overshadowed Mary, and Jesus was conceived. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that is a great argument against abortion. He was not a blob of tissue. He was the Savior from conception. That embryo was not only alive, he was life itself. As we read Luke's account of the angel Gabriel's conversation with Mary, and as we come to the conclusion of that conversation in Luke one thirty-eight, Mary offers an amazing response to all she had been told. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As you prepare for 2021, are you ready to tell the Lord, Let it be done unto me according to your word? Mary submitted to the messenger and the message from God, and Christ was formed in her. Now, Paul uses a phrase in Galatians 4.19, My little children, from whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. And in Colossians 1.27, he uses the phrase, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christmas is a time to remember that Jesus was formed physically in Mary's womb. But it's also a time to respond to God's message as Mary responded 
and allow him to be spiritually formed in us. Christmas is a time to recognize the same Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of creation as present and operating in unity, active, creative, and redemptive in the affairs of humankind. Whatever the circumstance or situation we may face in 2021, as believers, we have a Savior. We have a Heavenly Father. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the ministry of angels. We have Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Christmas is about. And that's what makes Christmas more than a holiday, but a holy day. Now think about it. Jesus was born into an occupied Israel. Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem when Jesus was born because of a government decree, the decree of Caesar Augustus, the Roman emperor. Israel was under the occupying authority of a secular pagan Roman government when the Prince of Peace was born. Christmas is on the calendar as December 25th, but that may not be the exact day of Jesus' birth. However, regardless of that fact, it offers us an opportunity to focus on Jesus and allow him to prepare our hearts for whatever is ahead in 2021. Recognizing, remembering, and receiving the fullness of God's gift and the divine cast of Christmas is invaluable to our preparation for 2021. As we approach December 31st, we're coming to a point of demarcation. It's as clear a point of demarcation as Israel experienced at the Jordan River in Joshua chapter 3. It's in this chapter that we find Israel finally entering into the promised land. The negative confession of a faithless generation had forced Israel into a wilderness exile for 40 years. But now a next generation would enter into the promise that the former generation had forfeited. In Joshua 3, we find the Jordan at flood stage, a boundary, a barrier to entering the promised land. But God had a miraculous plan. The priests carrying the ark of the presence of God the tribes would follow at a distance behind. And as soon as the priest's feet entered the waters of the Jordan, the waters rolled back into a heap. Israel marched into the promised land on dry ground. What had been a barrier, what had been a blockade, was turned into a path of entry. Israel entered its promised land much as we will enter into the year 2021. The giants and strongholds that were in the land in the past season were still there. The remainder of the book of Joshua records the mighty acts of God on behalf of a generation that was willing to enter in, willing to accept the challenges ahead, and God rewarded their faith. I submit to you that we are at that point of demarcation. We're facing our Jordan River at flood stage. At 11.59 p.m. on December 31st, we can choose to continue living in the disappointment and desperation we knew in 2020, or we can choose to enter a new year with a bold step of faith, believing God will make a path where there was none before, realizing that there are challenges that were not conquered in the past season and strongholds that still stand. But by faith and preparation, Choosing to possess our promise, our inheritance, our identity in Christ, we can enter 2021 as more than conquerors in Christ. As I conclude today's message, I want to remind you of the lessons learned from the calendar. Thanksgiving Day teaches us to allow a spirit of thanksgiving to prepare us. 
Hanukkah teaches us to remember that we serve the God of miracles. Nothing is impossible with God. Enter the time and season of miracles. Christmas teaches us to focus on Jesus and the divine cast of characters that work together to birth salvation, deliverance, and hope into the earth. It also teaches us the value of submitting to the word of God. Let it be done unto me according to your word. December 31st teaches us to cross over by faith to obey God and let him make a path where there was no path. And January 1st at midnight is a new day. Don't forget that. It's a day you can say, I crossed over. As a memorial to that crossing over, I want to challenge you to think of the year 2021 in a different way. I want you to think of it not as 2020 O-N-E, but as 2020 W-O-N exclamation point. If you made it through 2020, you are a winner. Don't look back and think of yourself as a survivor. Look forward and see yourself in view of Romans eight twenty-eight verses 36 and 37. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Even though it's written all day long, we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Let the calendar encourage your faith. Cross over as a conqueror into 2020. W-O-N exclamation point. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast. You can leave us a prayer request or a comment on our God's Family Plan Facebook page. You can also order our book, God's Family Plan, Establishing Generational Blessing on Amazon. This is Dave Burnett. Kathy and I bless you and your household and agree with you in faith for a victorious 20 20 W-O-N exclamation point. Amen.